Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I kind of like the strategy of buying every year or every second year. Cut back on your expenses to to afford to invest as much as possible. Like when I had my first job, I didn't earn a hell of a lot of money. So when I got my second job, which was double the income, I still lived as if I had my first income and I banked all the extra money. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode on Property Investory, we continue the conversation with Dawn Canali who will share her strategy on how she built a property portfolio worth over $23 million by leveraging capital growth and how it's possible to invest 90% of your income to make that first deposit happen. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Although she doesn't feel as though anything held her back from investing into property, Canali's mindset has evolved over the years through self-education. If I get a set on something, I tend to face it head on and not kind of think about it too much. I kind of jump in. I, I always say you kind of jump in the deep end and learn how to swim. So I don't really have time to, to to let something hold me back. If I get my mind set on something, I just go for it and just do it. So I love that saying, just do it. So yeah, I, I can't see anything really held me back that I could think of. Well, I've read a lot of books. (laughs) I've read a lot of books since then. I I do feel you never stop learning. So um, I do still love to see how other people do it. I I do feel like I'm a bit of a chameleon in my mindset. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say easily influenced, but if I read a book, um, say Steve Jobs, for instance, and I look at the way he does stuff and his strategy, I will then implement it into my life. Um, I love, yeah, all, all those kind of people like Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, Brian Tracy, all those kind of people. I do tend to, my, my mindset is mainly study and focus. In moulding her mindset through these resources, she also learned a lot from other successful investors. 
I'd say at the start, the mentors that I had didn't realise they were mentors. I just saw a lot of successful farmers in the area that were making a lot of money off property. So I asked a lot of questions, just like, oh, I hear you got some property and why do you choose this property over that one? And I learned, you know, commercial property um, is usually positive cash flow and uh, residential is normally negative cash flow. Um and they pay all the outgoings in, in commercial. So I, was, I just learned a lot about um, the benefits of both of them. And sometimes negative cash flow can be good too. Like I bought a property three years ago that I knew was going to be negative cash flow, but I knew the capital growth was, you know, double or triple what that was. And, and as it turned out, um, I ended up selling it two years later and I doubled my money. So... I didn't mind having a $50,000 a year negative cash flow because I knew um, that the capital growth was there. I knew that the zoning were changing, so I kind of took advantage of that. But, um, yeah, mentors and resources, I read lots of books. Um, I love TED Talks. Uh, I, I love YouTube. I, I study a lot and watch a lot of YouTube. If ever I need to find out something, I tend to go to YouTube. I've listened to, you know, to so many different um, things, not not just property. In fact, I don't think any of them are property related. It's just psychology. I just love listening to how, how people do things, like how your brain works or how to deal with negativity, how to deal with depression. And I do tend to mentor a lot of people and if you can help them change their their state and their mindset and how to deal with depression and understand how your brain works. So I do tend to look up a lot of that as research so that if I'm mentoring or coaching someone, then I I kind of know what I'm talking about, not just from experience, but scientific as well. So what has been the best advice Canale has ever received in her journey? I'd say don't trust other people with your money. Um, that's probably a good thing. Um, and your past doesn't equal your future. Uh, Tony Robbins says that, and I, oh, I just, I love that. Yeah, so that, that, those those two pieces of advice that I really hold true. So in your financial side, you know, don't be so gullible giving people your money. Always have that control. Like if if I, I haven't really ever done a joint venture. Um, and that's because I feel that if I can't afford to do it myself, then don't do it. I don't like – I'm very strong, strong-minded, strong so if I get set in my way, this is how I want to do a property, and then someone else wants to do it a different way, I don't like that. Like I bought a, I bought a, um, a farm next door, and I turned it into a strawberry farm retreat, and I rented out on Airbnb and stays.com. And it's like this 100-year-old house and my brother's a builder and he helped with the renovations and he told me to knock it down. And I said, no way, look at the character. I love the high ceilings and the, the Baltic pine floorboards and just the character of the house is absolutely beautiful. And I said, no way, not knocking it down. This is what we're doing. And I told him um, my ideas and he's like, no, I think you're wasting your time. But... Once we did it, we did spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars on the renovation. It had to be re-stumped and re. Or the whole frame had to be redone as well. It was 
you know, fixed up. Um, and it just turned out so beautiful. And now it's such a beautiful old weatherboard character home that I rent out um, for $650 a night. It's uh, four bedrooms for eight people. And I'm booked out every single weekend till the end of February. It is it's like a phenomenon. It's unbelievable how popular this place is. Um, and it's pretty good cash flow as well. Like if I rented that out permanently, I'd only get about $500 a week. But by putting it on Airbnb um, and renting it as holiday letting, I'd probably make 120 a year from it. It'll turn over, turn over 120 but um, but this is the things that I learned through um, the I Love Real Estate community is just changing the use of a property. Like that dip in a bow hole is is amazing. Like I have Tony Tony Robbins is my male god and she's my female god. I, I, I just I just love the way she thinks. I think she's an accounting background. I, I think the same way as her. Kanali was looking for a method to sustain herself and her husband in the future retirement without the pressure to have to continue to work on the strawberry farm in their old age. So, they began to discuss property investing. The first property we, we bought, um, as, as I said, I could see farming was hard, hard work and I didn't really want my husband um, doing that when he was in his 70s and living off a, a measly pension. Um, so I thought, well, if we can get some properties going and some rental income coming in, hopefully replace our income, then we won't have to work so hard. So that was my, my strategy. Plus we were paying tax and I thought, how can I minimise our tax? So there was two, two things there. So we bought our first property, um, back in 1998 when I was five months pregnant. And I remember saying to my husband, about buying a property, I said, oh, you know, I want to start buying. And uh, he said, no, 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 I don't like loans. I don't want to do this. And I said to him, honey, you either do it with me or so I'm going to do it on my own. And I was pregnant at the time and he's like, okay, well, if you're pregnant and you're that strong about it, we'll start looking. So we bought our first place in Ringwood, um, Victoria, and um, we did all our due diligence this place in Ringwood, we knew the freeway was going to come through in years to come, so we went to council and made sure that we were in a safe area, it wasn't going to get taken off us. Um, so we purchased this one particular block, um, knowing down the track it could have a commercial benefit to it because it was the last property right on the freeway. And um, as it turned out, um, uh Eastlink actually liked the property as well and built their head office on it. So they did compulsory acquisition and forced us to sell um, and they saw the commercial benefit of it. So we're a little bit disappointed in that. Um, but, but saying that, we did get legal action and we uh, fought it for about three or four years and we did end up making a 400% profit on it. Wow. It was pretty good. Yeah, we yeah we paid about 190 for it, and we ended up selling it for 880, which then gave us quite a bit of money to um, buy other properties. So I split that and bought two other big properties out of it. I kind of have a rule of not to sell. I like to keep my properties, 
Um, and at the start, I, I once we bought that one, it was 190. I thought, you know what, I could do this every year. If we buy something for 200,000 every year for 10 years, in 10 years I'm going to have two million dollars in property. Well, I kind of achieved that in three years. So I thought, okay, well my next target's five million, then 10 million, then 15 million, then 20 million, and we just kept. You know, I never told my husband these goals because he he'd have a heart attack. I wonder how how it feels right now after hearing that large amount. <laughs> yeah, well, he's happy now, but um, yeah, at the time, yeah, he was he's really scared of loans. So if he knew I was just going to keep buying to to get more and more loans, then he would have freaked out. So we, we just did it one at a time. Oh, I think maybe we should buy another one now. I think we're ready for another one now. Um, but in my head, I had these goals and targets that I wanted to reach, and and in the end, the, the value became a bit boring. I, I suppose once you got to twenty million, it's like, yeah, okay, that's boring now. The next level, blah blah blah. But then I started focusing on the rental income. Then I was like, no, you know, because we, we had a couple in there that would be the land banking. So even though the value was going up, your rent was, wasn't going up. It might have been going down because it was negatively geared. So so then I started focusing on the rental income and then I wanted a goal of a million dollars in rent and I actually achieved that last year. Congrats. Quite happy with that. And sometimes it wasn't buying a new property. It was just redeveloping one you already had or changing tenants and just moving things around a little bit. and. Um, changing the use of it. So, yeah, that that was quite, that was fun. A strong believer in starting small, Canali has built a portfolio with over $23 million through a strategy based on capital growth. I'm a very conservative investor, so I don't believe in taking a lot of risks. Um, But I do believe in starting small and Paying, paying off what you can, try and get some capital growth in it, like renovate it and make it um, better than what it was when you started with it. Um, so you get some capital growth in there and then you could probably have some more borrowing power to, to do another one. I kind of like the strategy of buying every year or every second year. Um, cut back on your expenses to, to afford to invest as much as possible. Like when I had my first job, I didn't earn a hell of a lot of money. So when I got my second job, which was double the income, I still lived as if I had my first income and I banked all the extra money. So I was so disciplined with saving money that when it comes to buying property, if if I needed a 20% deposit, um, I would just... I would live off bread and water. I would scrounge and save and knew that, okay, I'll work twice as hard. I had three jobs when I met my husband. So, yeah, I I always invested about 90% of my income. I know that's impossible for most people, but um, I just worked harder to earn more. And then... And then I invested 90% of it. And I actually teach my children that now, that everything they bank, I always say to them, look, you can spend 10% of it on yourself um, and reward yourself because that is important. Um, but then save the rest and invest it. Because when, when you start investing, like it's not how much you earn, it's how much you keep. So I know a lot of people that earn 
you know, as a salary, they might earn two, three hundred thousand dollars, and they're still paying off their family home and not investing. But geez, they got nice cars every year, and they change it every year when the latest one comes out, or every second year. They'll travel to beautiful holidays. They'll go to the best restaurants, wear the best clothes. They're always going out and having the best of everything. But you know, when if they lost their job, where's that money going to come from? You know, so I, I think you should invest it to have passive income, and then once you have passive income, then you can waste it a little bit. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Canali's strategy on purchasing properties with the potential to add value. Like I have some good main road frontage commercial properties that um, at the time I bought them pretty much for land value and they were paying positive cash flow income. But um, I could see potential even down the track. The personal habit which has contributed to her success. Every experience, there's a lesson in it, good and bad. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. Canali searches for residential properties which have the potential to become a commercial development. Okay, well, strategies when it comes to property. Um, I do like to be able to see it. So I don't like buying regional or interstate. Like I like to be able to know that if it needs, um, if it has problems, I can go there and help fix it. Um, but what, it, my criteria when I buy a property is definitely location, location, location. If I, like you could just say a particular suburb and, and someone will just go buy something in a back street, right? Sometimes um, a main road can actually be really good. I actually love main road. Um, for future potential. I always like to think five or ten years down the track. So it might be residential today, but you could see one block um, to your left or to your right, there's commercial property that down down the track, that bit of a ripple effect might then turn that into commercial zoning. Um, uh, yeah, there's locations, everything. So you can have something at the front street and the back street and I wouldn't touch the one at the back street but I might love the one at the front street. And even even saying that, even all the ones on the front street, do a drive-by, drive past it because sometimes it can be in your blind spot. So to me, it's not a good property. I like to have that visual look because to me, it's advertising and if you're looking at it from a commercial point of view, if you're going to have your your office or or shop there um, and someone's driving past and and it's like a billboard, you're getting free advertising. I mean, people pay a lot of money to advertise on billboards. 
because you're driving past. So why shouldn't your your property be an actual like a billboard? So lo- location is everything to me. She isn't averse to purchasing property which is already commercial either as long as they have some future prospects to add value. Like I have some good main road frontage commercial properties that um, at the time I bought them pretty much for land value and they were paying positive cash flow income but um, I could see potential even down the track. Like one in particular I bought in Croydon. Um, I could see the... Um, the property behind was like five, four or five-storey apartment block. So I thought, hey, I've got a single-storey um, retail commercial property here, but down the track I could probably have retail down the bottom and commercial, I mean, sorry, apartments up top. So I, I'm always looking for the the upside to any property as well. Like I'm not just going to go buy a normal house in a back street. I would never do that. So, what is a personal habit which she feels has contributed to her success throughout her property investing journey? I just never give up. If I believe in something, I just get focused on it. Um, you know, I, I know everyone has ups and downs in, in life as well and it's how quick you pick yourself up and change your state. So, my personal habit is if, you know, um, you know, if you do, if you are having a bad day, you you absorb it in. Like you do have to feel it. Don't be in denial, but you know, feel it a little bit. But then um, change your state and learn from it. If everything is every experience. There's a lesson in it, good and bad. And um, yeah, so that's kind of my habit. I do tend to look at a lesson in everything. Um, and I never give up either. If I if I believe in something, I just have my little vision and and um, yeah, move forward. Books that have inspired her, which she would recommend to read, include those by Napoleon Hill and Tony Robbins. Uh, like I said, I do love Dip and the Boholt. She does have quite a few books, and it's all about um, real estate. So if you want real estate books, she's got lots. Um, but as far as other books, I love the Audible app. And I get a book every month, and I I just love listening to how other people have done things, like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, uh, Richard Branson. At the moment, I'm listening to the Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. That's really awesome. Um, yeah, so there's not one particular book. I think any book, when you read it, there's always one or two really good, relevant points in there that um, add to the big picture of success. Um, there's not one book that, you know, there's not only one book, but there's no Bible. You, you have to find bits and pieces out of all of them and they're, they're all so inspiring. Like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, that, that's amazing too. There's so many good ones. Tony Robbins, I, I just love him. Um, Unleash the Power Within, but Tony Robbins. If Canale were to meet herself from 10 years ago, what would she say? I think all I could relate it to is the, the advice I give my children now, which is more than 10 years ago. But um, I, I just um, tell my children that they can be anything they want to be um, if you put your mind to it. And I and I love this term reverse engineering. Like my 18-year-old daughter's a photographer 
And when she first um, uh, told her dad she wants to be a photographer, he's like, how are you going to make money out of photography? Like, that's a stupid thing. And I'm like, stop it right there. Don't ever say that. She can make money out of anything she puts her mind to. So I kind of said to her, you know, think of this thing called reverse engineering where you got to say, okay, I'm going to earn $5,000 a week. Now, she's only 18 and I gave you this target, $5,000 a week. How many photo shoots do you have to do to get $5,000 a week, you know? So she started working out, you know, all these strategies and stuff and how many photo shoots with models she had to do and, and how many a day and whatever. And, like, she's 18 and she is now earning $1,000 a day. She's already done it and she's 18. Wow, that is fantastic. <laughs> she she does only do it one day a week. Like, she gets all of her um, – although this week she's doing four days, so she's pretty good. But um, she, she tends to focus on one day a week because she's at uni. Um, but – Wow! Next year, when she's finished uni, if she keeps that up, she's just gonna. She's already had her, her um, photos um, published in New York magazines, LA magazine, and she's not afraid to just go out there. She's she's really good with all the social media, and she gets a lot of work from Instagram. Um, and she knows how to build rapport with people. And well, she's eighteen, and the way she organises a photography team of about six people. I'm in awe of her. Like, I think, wow, I taught you this stuff. It's so cool. If you want to get in contact with Canali, the best medium is via Facebook. I, I pretty much only got Facebook at the moment, which is Dawn Reed Canali. I, I am going to be, I am in the process of writing a book. Um, and. And, and when that comes about, I'll be having a website and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, I, um, I'm just focusing on helping my daughter with their photography business. So, um, yeah, so it's just Dawn Reed Canali on Facebook if, if anyone wanted to contact me and say hi. And I'm happy to um, give anybody any advice if, they, if, they, um, if they're prepared to ask. Thank you to Dawn Canali, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Dawn Canali and select that episode to learn more about her story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.